today we begin a new series, and I'm so excited. We got three weeks, y'all, and we're going to deal with the issue of, of belief, the issue and the topic of belief. I want you to find your copy of the Scriptures. You can remain seated for just, for just a moment. I want you to find your copy of the Scriptures, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Yeah, Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to begin at verse 5. Here is the word of the Lord. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. He said to him, am I to come and heal him? Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. And my servant will be healed, for I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I tell you that many will come from east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, pivotal verse. Then Jesus told the centurion, go. As you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very moment. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to talk from the topic, one word, believe. 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 Here's a big idea for today's message. Believing God pleases God. That's so simple. You can help me say this. Say, believe in God, pleases God. Oh, that was about a C minus. One more time. Believe in God, pleases God. One more time for the Holy Spirit that's on the screen. Believe in God, pleases God. Beloved, why has it become so difficult to believe? Matters of faith including faith in God, reliance upon Scripture, commitment to His church. They have been scrutinized and, and criticized, even vilified ad nauseum. There is so much disbelief that believers are beginning to shrink back. But again, why is it so difficult to believe? To believe that in the beginning, God. To, to believe that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. To, to believe that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I'm here today to encourage, to, to affirm, to exhort, to admonish. Beloved, we need to be refreshed, even revived in what we believe. And at the same time, inviting and engaging those who are yet to believe 
And we are to do so with truth and with love. See, our culture has been where it's always been, in a crisis of belief. That's just where culture stands. That, that's, that's what makes it culture. That, that's what those that are outside of the faith are supposed to do. So I want those who are wrestling, those of you who are struggling, I want you to know that this space where we are now, contrary to cultural opinion, that this is a safe space. Yeah, we can chat it up on the streets and the coffee shop, but we can also chat it up in the sanctuary right here. And in that, we begin this new series entitled Believe, Discovering Life in Jesus. Today's passage mirrors a phenomenon that's actually taking place in today's culture. See, folks who are wrestling with God, folks who are wrestling with the church, there, there is this phenomenon that has been coined deconstruction. Get that down. De deconstruction. Deconstruction, it is when folks who grew up in the faith begin to question the faith they grew up with. Ah, folks who, folks who grew up in the faith, they begin to question the faith that they grew up with. So after a season of analyzing, scrutinizing, some, not all, are coming to the conclusion that what they once believed no longer supports their beliefs. So they'll either walk away from the church or they will walk away from God and his church. Y'all help me preach this morning. And so when a person who has never believed but is seeking comes across someone who no longer believes and that person declares, we off that. It creates an even greater challenge for the seeker to believe. But I'm here to declare, hold social media. And now the in-person church looks more like Sunday school than Sunday worship. And this is the climate that Jesus found himself in. Journeying through his home base of Capernaum, those to whom he came, the people of Israel, they were deconstructing their faith. They were the ones who were awaiting a Messiah. They were the ones who received the promise. They were the ones who had the covenant, the chosen people. But when the Messiah came, he didn't line up with their preconceived beliefs. John chapter 1 verse 11 says he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So they doubted. They disbelieved, and they ultimately killed him. And while the Pharisees and the Sadducees debated with Jesus, 
trying to entrap Jesus, literally getting in his way. It was the non-Jewish folks, the Gentiles, as Scripture calls them, they pressed through the crowds to get to Jesus, and they found Jesus. I'm here to let you know Jesus ain't hiding. Jesus is not trying to to cover himself up. Jesus is open and available to all who will believe. Oh, God, Jesus in our text, he's preaching, he's delivering, he's ministering, he's doing his assignment. Crowds are gathering. Then in in this instance in Matthew chapter 8, it is a divinely ordained encounter. It reveals the greatest faith that Jesus has encountered to date. Now just imagine how bold of a statement that is. Jesus' divinely appointed encounter, this was the greatest faith that he had encountered. Greater faith, Jesus says, than anyone in Israel. Wait a minute. This seeker, this faith carrier, he was not Jewish. You got to understand the background. He was, in fact, a Roman military leader. Scripture calls him a centurion. Centurion from the root word century. It suggests he had a legion of at least 100 soldiers under his command. This Gentile, he is an unbeliever. He was not privileged to be an heir to the kingdom. Yet this Gentile came to Jesus with a simple statement. Look at verse 6. He says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. Oh, that's strong, y'all. Don't don't you love how folks intercede for others? See, that's how that's how grandmama prayed for you. Need a witness up in here. That's, that's how grandpa labored for you. See, you didn't have enough sense to come to the Lord on your own, so they went to the Lord for you. Is there anybody in the house who can testify? The only reason I'm here. The centurion came to Jesus on behalf of his servant. And y'all, if you notice in the text, he does not make a request. Hmm. He simply states his case. See, this is what I'm learning about my engagement with Jesus Christ. I got to have enough sense to just tell Jesus about my problems without trying to tell Jesus how to solve my problems. Oh, God, I need a witness up in here. Where would our faith be if we just humbled ourselves and all of our intellect, all of our knowledge, all of our discernment, and said, Lord Jesus, here is what it is, and I'm going to leave it at your feet. I don't know how you're going to work it out, but by faith, I'm trusting that you. it doesn't make sense. I don't see a way out, but I'm just going to leave it at your feet. So what happens to us is we tell Jesus our problem, and then we tell Jesus how to solve them, and then when he doesn't solve it the way we say solve it, then we think he hadn't answered a prayer. You don't know enough to know how to answer your prayer. 
The best you can do is tell Jesus the Negro ain't acting right. Tell Jesus I need another job. Tell Jesus save my marriage and let Jesus be Jesus. So as as he and Jesus exchange in this narrative, we see two themes that leap from the pages of Holy Writ. First, we see authority. Get that down. Get that down. Authority, authority, authority. We see authority. Look at your neighbor and say authority. Come on, say authority. Um, Jesus asks the question, and I quote, am I to come and heal him? To which the centurion replies, I'm not worthy. Now, let me give you my fifth word. I ain't worthy. To have you come under my roof. Here it is. But just say the word. Oh, God. See, the soldier believed that Jesus was sent. See, see, he he believed that, 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 that Jesus was sent by God. Somebody say authority. The, the, the soldier, the one, the one who, who, who was not a part of the family of God, he believed Jesus was sent. But the soldier also believed that Jesus was under authority. Because he goes on to say, I, like you, am under authority. Hmm. So the soldier believed that Jesus was sent. The soldier believed that Jesus was under authority. And the soldier believed that Jesus commanded power, authority with his words. Authority, y'all. I can remember when I first uh, got my little first job at the church. I was so excited. And, and I remember when I met my supervisor and, and uh, uh, Pastor Bailey said, now listen here. When I'm not here, what he says goes. Did y'all catch that? Pastor Bailey said, when I'm not here, what Pastor Leach says goes. Pastor Bailey said, I wish you would act like his words are not my words. And what Pastor Bailey was saying is, I'm I'm conferring my authority to Pastor Leonard O. Leach. So whatever he says do, it is as if I'm saying it myself. Y'all, that's what's happening in the text. Listen, listen, the brother's like, I understand authority. When I say go, they go. When I say come, they come. When I say get it, they get it. He says, Jesus, I need for you to understand that I respect your authority. So this young man, the soldier, he is not a student of the Old Testament prophecies. He doesn't know all that there is to know about Jesus' lineage. He's not a member of the elect. This soldier, he found his way to Jesus by faith. Somebody say, by faith. And he made a plea for Jesus to use his divine authority to heal his servant with just a word. He said, Jesus, you don't have to come. You don't have to move, not a step, but if you just open your mouth based upon who sent you, based upon your authority, Jesus, I believe. Oh, just say the word. See, there's healing in the words of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
there's deliverance in the words of Jesus. There's power in Jesus' in Jesus's word. Jesus will give you what you need at your point of need just by a word. Oh, there's so many folk in here who can testify. Pastor Brown, I was, I was sitting in my house all by myself, and I needed a word. And, and just at that moment, the Lord spoke a word to me. Pastor Brown, I, I, my back was through the wall. I didn't know how I was going to make it. But then the Lord sent somebody with just a word. Just a word, just a word. Authority, authority. That's, that's a key theme. But the second theme that we see is not just authority, but, but faith. Get that down. Faith, faith, faith. Verse 10 says, hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great faith. Now Jesus was not talking to the centurion. He was talking to his followers. And Jesus is saying, do y'all see this? Did y'all catch what just happened? And, and very likely they were like, no, what, what just happened? What? what? What you talking about? Jesus says, he ain't even chosen. Yet he speaks like one who is. Oh, God Almighty. He, he, he has belief. He has, he has faith. He, he is trusting that the authority I have partnered with his faith can activate a healing for his. Jesus is blown away. Now, for Jesus to be amazed, that's some really, that's some human language. And we understand that connects with, with the human side of Jesus. And at that very moment, Jesus is thinking to himself, now I done been all around this region. I've been preaching and healing and teaching. And I've not met faith like this man. And I'm not even preaching to him. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus was in Nazareth, his home. And he uses the same language. But this time, he was not just amazed. He was amazed by the disbelief. Look it up, it's in there. The same amazement, the same sense of awe for this man's belief. Jesus had it for the disbelief. Church, I'm here to let you know something. We are expected to believe. Oh, y'all, y'all. Having faith in God and believing God pleases God when the people of God don't believe things suffer so right now what you going through come on come on let's just let's just pause the sermon let's just see what is it that you're going through that you think is so bad and so horrible that God can't handle it what what is it in your life that you're dealing with now that for some unusual reason you believe that it is greater than than the father raising the son from the dead what could it possibly be is it money is it relationship is it loss is it sickness I'm here to let you know that whatever you stand in need of God can handle it I'm not telling you he will but I need for you to know that it 
to believe it. We, we don't have to touch it to validate it. Why? Because we walk by faith as those who place their trust in the person of God. We believe without seeing. We believe despite what we see. We're believers. Have you ever had a situation where you just had to go? You just had to just take a step of faith. You didn't know how it was going to work out. You just had to go. I've told you this before, fall of 1987, single-parent home, no money, but I'm going to college. Somebody say, he going. I left Houston, Texas in a car, and I drove 12 hours to Atlanta. I showed up, and they're like, bro, what you doing here? You ain't paid no money. What you, what you think this is? they like, the certificate allowed you to be accepted, but that certificate is not cash. You got to come up with some money. I said, I don't know how y'all going to work it out, but I'm here. They said, uh, okay, young man, we're going to put you in some temporary housing. I didn't have housing. They put me in temporary housing. I said, hey, uh, can, I, can I get some classes? Uh, well, let's fill these forms out. I, whatever, I signed. Whatever, I, I signed sign left hand, right hand. I don't care. I was signing everything. I left Houston. All I had was a promise. Drove 12 hours. Everybody said I was a fool. Four years and a little change later. Walked across the stage. Walked across the stage. Now understand this. Watch this, y'all. As, as ridiculous as it was for me to leave Houston, Texas for Atlanta, Georgia, with no money, no tuition, no housing, the faith would not have been activated had I not went. I'm trying to get somebody in to catch this. Y'all, right, right now, you waiting on something. You, wait, you waiting on the green light. The Lord said, I've already given you the green light. I'm just waiting on you to go. I'm waiting on you to step on the gas. The Lord has already given you authority, approval, and guidance. He's waiting on you to move because you got to understand something about faith. Faith is activated when we move. I know that you don't see it. I know that it don't make sense. I know that all the things are stacked up against you. But as you move, God moves just like that. Yeah, yeah, faith, 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 faith defined, then faith, faith demonstrated, faith demonstrated, believing without seeing. This is not hocus pocus. This is what Jesus told Thomas. Thomas, I got to touch the side. I got to see the nail prints. Jesus said, listen, come on, come on, touch. Get, get what you need. He said, but I want you to know something, Thomas. Everybody else is going to have to believe without seeing. So you're going to get your touch on, get your feel on, Doubting Thomas. Go on, go on, touch it. Go on, go on, stick your finger in. But you're at an advantage because everyone else will have to believe without seeing. Not only believe without seeing, secondly, believe despite what we see. I'm coming down your block now. See, some of us can't move forward because of the opposition before us. See, and this is what happens when people begin to doubt their faith and to walk away from their faith. They allow opposition to mean that God is no longer with us. Child of God, God uses opposition. He told them to get in the boat and go over to the other side. And as they went over to the other side, a storm rose up. Opposition. 
opposition. They begin to fret and to worry and to whine and to complain. And they don't understand that just by going, their faith was activated. But in the middle of the sea, somehow we get a little antsy. We get a little tense. We get a little worried. Things don't work out the way we want it to. It don't look the way we want it to look. The Lord is like, if you just keep going, I'm going to keep blessing you despite what you see. Believing, believing, believing without seeing. Believing despite what we see. Believing because of what we see. They out there in that storm. And they say, you know what? I see a ghost. Wait a minute. That ain't no ghost. That's Jesus. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is Jesus. He's walking on the opposition. He's, he's walking on, on that that's keeping us from our destiny. And Jesus is letting us know that he can handle our opposition. When I see Jesus, I know I'm going to be all right. Y'all, you got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe, especially now. Things are so crucial for the church. Now, the kingdom is sent. Sent the Spirit. The Spirit sends us authority, faith, faith, and authority. So we got to believe God is who he said he is. I mean, going forward, we got to believe that God will do what he said that he would do, and we got to believe God's word, and we have to rely upon his word based upon who he is and his track record with us. Now, listen, if you had a situation where God let you down every day of your life, where God never came through for you, where God never answered your prayer, I don't think you're telling the truth. Because even on our worst days, God shows up. Y'all stay awake. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Even on our way, even when we lose, God never takes off. Even when we find our bodies racked with pain, God has a way of providing a balm in Gilead. Is there anybody in the house that can testify to the goodness, to the faithfulness, to the love of our God? Tony Evans says it this way. Tony Evans says, God's program is the summing up of all things in Christ. God's program is quite simple. His agenda is bringing everything, everywhere, everyhow under the tutelage, the authority, and the dominion of Jesus Christ. And that's the best place for us to be. Let me, let me finish. Jesus, Jesus, in this exchange with, with the soldier, now he is preparing to re-engage the centurion after talking to his homies. Jesus now talks to the soldier, and I'm finished. Jesus says, go. As you have believed, somebody say believe. As you have believed, Jesus says, let it be done for you. Yeah, I, I got three little simple principles that I just want to throw up on the screen. I'm going to throw these up on the screen, and I'm going to just read them because they're so simple, but I want you to catch it. First verse is this one. I need for you to believe that Jesus hears. Get that down. 
this is so simple, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to preach it too hard because I want you to get. This is the part where our faith begins to waver. When we're going through our challenges, when we're going through situations where we're, we feel like we're being pulled away from the faith and we call out to the Lord, I need for you to know that Jesus hears. And I need you to believe that. I don't, I don't want you to believe that your prayers are just in the atmosphere. No, that's, that's, that's sorcery. That, that ain't real. The, the, the Lord Jesus Christ receives our prayers and the Spirit of God interprets the groanings of our heart. Romans chapter 8, you don't have to worry. Jesus hears and you got to believe that. Because right now you've been talking to him. You've been, you've been lamenting. You've been left through those horrible situations just to see how you're going to respond. Yeah, you lost your job. I get it. But did you believe he can handle it? Yeah, the relationship came to an untimely end. I get it. But, but do you believe he can hold you up? Yeah, you pray for that loved one to, to be healed and the Lord healed them eternally. They're now with him. That's a part of his plan. And everybody under the sound of my voice can agree at least to one of those three things. And I need for you to know that Jesus allows us to go through these situations to squeeze out the faith that's in us. He's hoping that we respond faithfully. He's hoping that when the trial comes, we'll pass. Believe Jesus hears. Believe Jesus hopes believe Jesus heals. I love how he finishes it. He said, listen, bro, you go ahead on with your faithful self. Go on, on, bro. As you have believed, God Almighty, let it be done for you. The next verse says, and at that very hour, come on, somebody. Did Jesus leave his spot? Nope. Did he take any step towards the centurion's house? Nope. As a matter of fact, he just had a conversation. Mm. And, and based upon authority and faith, that slave servant was healed. See, so you're trying to, and, and I'm trying to, to, to negotiate, and I'm trying to hustle my way into blessings. I'm trying to hustle my way into figuring this. The Lord's like, if you would but just chill. And know that I've got power to heal just by my very words. I, I got power to make your situation improve exponentially. Let me, give, let me give you a case in point. Let me give you a case in point. I'm, I'm finished. I walked in here this morning, and I think all y'all rode the same bus at about 1025 because y'all weren't here when I started. Amen, somebody. That was a joke. That was a joke. But wasn't nobody in here when I came in here. Y'all rode that same bus. And um, I'm sitting, I said, Lord, where, where, where your people at? And Lord's like, bro, just, just chill. I got you. So when I stood and turned around, I said, they were on the same bus. <laughs> That's real talk. Y'all went in SOL, y'all was down the street. Amen. And that's how the Lord was affirming my sermon. The Lord's like, are you gonna, are you gonna really sit up in and preach about faith? While you're fretting about who's at church in the sanctuary. Are you really about to preach about faith? And, and, and you're fretting about who showed up and who's in the... Are you really going to preach about faith and you not believe 
that I can get anyone here that I want here? Don't you know that I've got it? Don't you know that I've got you covered? I would not have called you to it if I wasn't going to carry you through it. Is there anybody in the house that can say at the moment I fretted, the moment I worried, God showed up? Why? Because he's a showing up God. Every time you think you out, God is just holding you back for that second win, the second win of faith, the second win of belief, the second win of victory. You are victorious. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I know it don't look like it. I know everything seems so bad, but I need for you to know you're going to be all right. And that loved one that you worried about, the one that walked away from the faith, the one that don't have no time for God or his church, the one that is questioning everything, listen, you just keep being faithful. You just keep speaking the truth in love. You keep living out the faith in your life. And I guarantee you by faith, the Lord can win them. I'm not saying he is, but he can. As we believe. Give God a hand of praise right where you are. Come on, come on.